Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, and it is game week. Finally, the Browns get a chance to start the season, and they'll do it against an old face. Is it that old? Well, maybe not. It's a face that we know very well over the last couple seasons. His name is Baker Mayfield, and he will lead the Carolina Panthers against the Browns that game in Carolina. So we'll talk a little bit about that on the show. All kinds of little things going on on Labor Day uh, as the the players and coaches were speaking as well. You are listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, Bryant One, and Smiley One. The right choice for your comfort. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder, and I'm Andy Baskin. Daryl, so a lot of stuff going on in Berea. It never stops, no matter if there's a holiday or not. So Let's pick things up where the Browns left off over the weekend, and they picked up two new guys, uh, both from Pittsburgh. What's the thought process there, 
And uh, what's the theory, I guess, on uh, going to Mr. Haig and Mr. James? Yeah, I mean, I think really what it comes down to is a, a numbers and depth game, Andy. Um, they wanted some more insurance at offensive tackle, so they bring in Joe Haig. And then they only had two tight ends on the active roster. Uh, and so they add Jesse James, who uh, has some experience behind him. Haig is in his, this will be his seventh uh, season. He spent time with the Colts, the Buccaneers, and Steelers. James going into year eight. Um, he's got over 100 games under his belt, uh, 80, uh, 63 starts, I should say, as a member of the Steelers, Lions, and Bears. Um, his numbers don't necessarily jump off the, the page at you, 152 catches, uh, 15, 22 yards, and a dozen touchdowns. But again, um, just more depth uh, on the roster uh, for the Browns. And then, of course, to make room, they uh, uh, waived Drew Forbes and um, – uh, linebacker Jordan Kunanzik, I think is how you say that. <laughs> I think you're right. I've looked at it a hundred times and I think you're right. So, hey, I was just happy to say, hey, right. So let's be honest. <laughs> when you're looking at the Browns roster right now, it does. It's interesting because Haig's listed as a left tackle. And so that uh, my question for you is if Ethan Posa gets hurt, who's the backup center? Yeah, um, uh, that's a uh... good question. A pretty good question. I think it's going to be Michael Dunn. Okay. I, think, I think Dunn is their interior uh, offensive lineman to, to move around. The thing with Haig, uh, Kevin Stefanski did say today, he can play both tackle spots. So he's a bit of a swing tackle in their estimation. The Jesse James signing, I think, is interesting. Especially, Well, I think the fact that they're both from Pittsburgh is interesting. Let's just <laughs> let's not kid ourselves on that. These guys have Steelers background and I wonder what plays into it, and uh, I wonder if that's an extra kick when you want to pick up a guy. Yeah, and you know, he, you know, James is going to be asked to do uh, a couple of things because he's the number three tight end on this roster, so he's going to have to block. He's also going to have to catch, and Kevin Stefanski thinks that uh, that's not going to be an issue for him. I think with his role, he's got to be able to do both, you know, because you're you're really. Back up uh, to Dave and Harrison. Obviously, there's some, some moments he, all three of them could be out there together potentially. So, it uh, really depends on on what is needed for that game. Ooh, Kevin Stefanski hinting at that 13 personnel that everybody <laughs> has come to loathe. It seems. I'm sure he was begging for. I mean, you asked him what last week about not having a fullback and only having two tight ends. So I'm sure he's like, "Oh, you guys got to get me another tight end. I need one now." Yeah, blame me. Like, like I have it's your any fault. influence over any of that. I, I just think what we've seen over Kevin Stefanski over the last two years just proved that he wants another tight end in there, and he got what he got his way. Like, I, you know, when I was going back and forth, and we were talking about the fifty-three man roster, you're like, if you're in a room, how many battles did Kevin Stefanski win? After right. the, you know, the starters are the starters, but everything else after that doesn't that come down to general manager, scouts, and head coach, right? Well, and the other thing that kind of factors into this is Jack Conklin's status right now. As of right. today, Kevin Stefanski said he has a chance to play Sunday, but it's about being able to stack practices together for Conklin, which has been a little bit of an issue. And when I say a little bit of an issue, that's not meant as a criticism. I mean, he's coming back from a, 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 a patellar tendon tear, which is a pretty significant injury that he had surgery to repair. Um, so it's understandable if he's not ready to go 
for week one. So I did ask Stefanski today if Haig is basically insurance should Conklin not be able to be ready for week one. Not in those words, I just tell you tackle depth is, is really important in this league. I felt like he was somebody that was available that was a, really a good player. And it comes down to the D word, just like we had mentioned earlier, Andy. It's it's all about depth and adding quality depth to the roster. So they're comfortable if Haig has to you know go in there. Um, they're comfortable putting him on the field. This is a guy uh, that has 40 starts under his belt. So, uh, and he, I think he's played close to 80, 81 games, something like that in his career. So he has starting experience, maybe not every day starting experience, but similar to Chris Hubbard, right? Who has basically been their swing tackle the last couple of years. They're comfortable putting him on the field. Uh, should they need to. And let's not forget Jed Will's injury history as well. Um, he, early in his career, unfortunately, he's been a player that's been kind of banged up quite a bit. So they add some depth. So it comes down to the D word for the Browns with these additions. So, Daryl, if you look at it, though, if Jack can't play, if Jack Conklin can't play, it's got to be Chris Hubbard and then probably James Hudson coming over to the other side and playing right tackle. Or maybe they, or maybe they do have uh, Hague up inactive. Um, I, I think this will be uh, a week in which that they will position themselves to be able to make that determination on Sunday when they come out with those inactives ninety minutes before kickoff. All right, I do want to talk about Baker Baker Mayfield, and we're going to get to that here in a minute. I just want to ask you some other housekeeping questions. Uh, Miles Garrett excused what do you think is going on there and, and he'll be back uh he in okay. fact he was expected to return monday uh afternoon slash evening so he's back um uh, don't know the specifics uh anytime it's a personal thing i try and stay out of that because uh, i just sure. i don't feel like you know for daryl good business. for you good for you because there are plenty of reporters that won't that yeah want to get involved um, in that. i mean he he did miss a couple of days during training camp because he was visiting an, an ill family member. I don't know if it's related. I certainly am not going to speculate against that or about that, I should say, but um, it's excused for personal reasons. And, that, and that's all that matters. The, he's in good standing with the team. I don't think that there's anything to worry about as far as availability uh, for Sunday. He's going to be on the field. So it's that's one of those things that I'm just kind of leaving be uh, and taking Kevin Stefanski at his word that uh, Garrett will be back on the field on Wednesday. Perry and Winfrey a little bit under the weather. Is that what the scoop is on that? Yeah, uh, yeah. but he was back today. Everybody on the okay. active 53-man uh, roster, with the exception of Miles Garrett, was on the field. The new guys were here and practicing. So um, going into this week, they're knock on wood. They're in really, really good shape, Andy, because how many years have they gone into week one where they've had three and four starters not able to practice on the bikes during practice leading up to game one of the regular season this year? Uh, again, knock on wood, they are relatively healthy and everybody uh, was able to participate in practice on Monday, again, with the exception of Miles Garrett, who was excused. All right, last thought here. Uh, Josh Rosen and Isaac Rochelle back with the practice, practice squad. The Josh Rosen story was interesting last week because, like, this team's sitting on five quarterbacks, but it does make sense. Well, technically, they're sitting on four because one's not on the roster right now. He's on reserve suspended, so he basically 
is persona non grata until October 10th when he's allowed to come back into the building and, uh, you know, do some things behind the scenes, be in team meetings and stuff like that. He can't practice with the team until the middle of November. And then obviously November 28th is when he is eligible for his reinstatement, provided he meets all the conditions that the league set forth uh, for that to go ahead and occur. So, um, yeah, it, it is interesting that they brought jo Josh Rosen back, but Kevin Stefanski made it pretty clear they were going to have a practice squad quarterback. I don't know that they need four quarterbacks available to them, but I also say that understanding that this is a franchise that goes through quarterbacks like water. So maybe it's just a position in which they are trying to insulate themselves for any and all inevitabilities. Do you think that, that Rosen impressed a couple of people here to come back or that they were just, you know, doing him a big favor by bringing him back and putting him on a roster? I think Andrew Berry really likes him. That's how, that's, I think what I'll say about that. Okay. Well, that's fair. All right. So speaking of quarterbacks, I can't wait to get to this next part of the podcast because um, it, it's going to be interesting, especially with Baker Mayfield this week. We know what he said or didn't say last week. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the familiarity with Baker Mayfield. I, I find it interesting that when he first got traded, there was thoughts of one way, I think another. I'll explain that when we come back here in a moment. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We're talking Baker Mayfield next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Always glad to be with you. And we appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you like what you're listening to, well, why don't you subscribe? And if you want to talk to us, all you have to do is hit us up at Game Day CLE on either Instagram or Twitter. It is game week, and we've been talking about this for a while, especially the moment that Baker Mayfield was traded to the Carolina Panthers. We figured there'd be some, you know what, vinegar uh, applied to this from Baker Mayfield's side of view, uh, side of point of view, I should say. But, um, you know, there was a little story that came out last week. We talked about it a little bit um, about Baker saying he wanted to, you know, what the Browns up. And uh, then he said, that's not true. So Daryl, first of all, just give me your overall thoughts on playing against Baker Mayfield week one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously a, a game that all of us have had circled on the calendar since he was traded to uh, the Panthers in July. Um, it is the story uh, of the week because of the, just how things went down in Cleveland, the way last season ended, the things that happened uh, last season. 
there's a lot of familiarity between uh, the parties involved here. So uh, this is a game that I think everybody is looking forward to, not just the participants on the field, but the people covering it, uh, like myself, to see how um, we can, uh, uh, you know, to just to kind of see, you know, who's going to you know, come out on top, right? Um, and Baker's certainly motivated. I think that the Browns are motivated. The one thing that was interesting listening uh, during uh, Monday's practice, Andy, or I should say after Monday's practice, is they're trying not to say a lot. Like you can already tell Kevin Stefanski and the players already trying to say nothing. But we're going to break down some of the comments, especially from John Johnson the third here, and just kind of let you hear what he had to say as opposed to us just, you know, pontificating and telling you what he said. And then you can kind of listen and hear what he had to say and make your own determinations about whether or not he's trying to throw a little shade. But I mean, let's be honest about Andy. There was a ton of drama last year. It was, it was a train wreck. It was a season that went up in flames. Uh, injury was a part of it. The Odell Beckham Jr. situation was a big part of it and just how toxic that became within the locker room. Um, and so uh, I, I think it's fair to say that while they're going to say the right things this week, it's very clear to me that there aren't many people at 76 Lugrosa Boulevard that are all that worked up, that they're having to face Baker in week one or that he is no longer a Cleveland Brown. I think that that's a, a fair way to uh, assess that situation. All right. So I'll just, I, I mean, I like Baker Mayfield. I thought he was a good quarterback for the Browns. I thought his first year he was outstanding. I thought his second year was like, oh, what's going on? You know, and, and then. You make the playoffs, that's great. But then he gets hurt last year. I thought he tried to do too much. Right. If he would have just if he would have just reeled it back in, if he was hurt, he should have admitted he was hurt. I, I blame a lot of people for even throwing him on the I still think Baker Mayfield is a member of this team if he accepts the fact that Jimmy Haslam wanted to talk to him after Deshaun Watson said no to the Browns first. I still think he would have been the starting quarterback this year. But, I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. I, I, I like Baker. I think Baker is a good quarterback um, who can get the job done, and we still haven't seen, I truthfully think, the best of Baker Mayfield. But he just got out of his own head last year, and he tried to do too much. It didn't work. The Odell Beckham Jr. thing didn't work. And we can talk all about whether he was liked or not liked in the in the locker room. We can talk about, you know, Odell Beckham Jr.'s role in this. I, I, I don't care. Here's what I care about. The fact that week one, the Browns are opening up with the Carolina Panthers. And when a lot of people said early on, look, the Browns are playing Baker Mayfield week one. He's going to try to eat us up alive. He knows everything. I think that's a crazy way to look at it. I know that the other side of the ball knows him better than anybody else in the NFL. And yeah. I think the Browns defense has a huge advantage against Baker Mayfield because they know his tendencies and they know what he's going to do. And it's interesting that you bring up the advantage and who might have it. We're going to start with head coach Kevin Stefanski uh, because he addressed that uh, following practice Monday. And here's what Stefanski said. Now, I just want to remind people, press conference sound bites are not sworn testimony. However, <laughs> this is what coach had to say about the whole advantage thing. And then I, I followed up here. So you'll, you'll hear my follow up. But this is what Stefanski had to say. You know, Baker's obviously a player that that we know well. Uh, he knows us really well too in terms of scheme and those type of things. So uh, I think 
our players, our coaches have a real good understanding of, of his strengths. If you were to pick an advantage, is it the quarterback that you're familiar with or the defense that's familiar with the quarterback? Yeah, a lot of times I think it's overrated uh, in terms of they know that we know that they know those type of things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a really good football player, and, and we got to get to work and prepare and play him. All right. Now, if you think that it's overrated, I got some beachfront property to sell you in Denver, Colorado. Amen. You're going to tell me that Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney know exactly what he's going to do. They watched it in practice for an entire year. In fact, Miles saw it more than a year. So don't I'm not buying that for one minute. This defense knows. You think um, I, you think Denzel Ward doesn't know where he's going to throw or what, what what where he'd like to go to? They, no one knows him better than our defense. And if we get beat, shame on us. 100%. I feel like I'm a little biased. I'm going to say the defense. Uh, it's, it's one of him and 11 of us. So, you know, we can move all around and disguise things and different guys can play different spots. So I think we got that, man. And there you go. There's John Johnson third speaking the truth. <laughs> Bingo. He's 100% right. Absolutely. He didn't even need to tell me. I've been saying that for months. Same thing. We got 11. They've got one. Uh, wait, maybe two. They've got – um, uh, who am I forgetting? They got uh, – uh, oh, quickly, we forget. Richard Higgins. Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood Higgins. Pull out the red carpet. You're no longer – you got the roll, You got the red carpet all rolled up. I, I forgot about it. <laughs> I, I, you're right. I was such a big Hollywood Higgins fan. I just thought, you know, that's his whoopee, right? That's his go-to guy. That was the guy that they were able to – to work really well together. We'll see. I bet both those guys are like, man, I hope we do this, we do that. And they should. I, I don't have a problem with that. They should feel the way they do. But I don't know if they're going to be able to execute the way they want to. I don't think that they're going to forget that Richard Higgins is on the field Sunday. <laughs> Let's just put it no. that way. But, and, you know, um, the, both JJ3 and Kevin Stefanski did kind of talk about Monday how there's not a lot to glean from the preseason as far as Baker Mayfield goes. But I found this comment from JJ3 a little interesting. I think he's confident. I think um, that was probably a big thing that happened last year. Maybe the confidence wavered a little bit, but looks confident, looks healthy, looks like he's whipping the ball. So it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, the, the confidence factor, right? He's healthy. The shoulder is surgically repaired. So it's not something between the ears that he's worried about. He can go out there and, and play the way that he wants to play, whereas last year, he wasn't able to play that way. Now, granted, he's to blame for that because he's the one that said that he was okay and could play and, and all those those type of things. But um, he's healthy, and so they're going to get the best of Baker Mayfield uh, Sunday in Carolina. And, look, I, I think that they know that, right? I mean, they know they're going to get the best of Baker. They know that Baker is going to be motivated. They know what makes him tick. We heard from uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, recently uh, about that. Um, and so uh, I think there's going to be some trash talk going to try and get between Baker's ears a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they know this guy, they know what's going to work. What's not going to work both from a, uh, a, a mental advantage as well as the physical on the football field. Yeah, I hear you. I believe every I, I, like I, I'll take advantage defense in this one every time. I, I and again I, as much as you want to talk about him not taking himself off the field, I don't know why Browns put him back on the field last year. I just don't. I'll never understand it. And I, I know Kevin had said 
during the season. He looks great in practice. He looks great in practice throughout the week. We think he's right. healthy. We think he's ready to go. But it just didn't make any sense to me that that he was out on the field last week, last year after week three. None. Yep. And 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 when you look at just what a disaster last year turned into, um, and, and this is where we're gonna get into some fun stuff with with uh, some of the things that were discussed with. Uh, John Johnson on Monday, one of the questions that he was asked was how much do you blame Baker for things going as poorly as they did in 2021? Oh, we never blame anyone, let alone like one person, you know, it was a collective effort. You know, we could have been better on special teams, could have been better on defense, could have been a better offense as a whole, you know, injuries happen, stuff like that. It's just the name of the game in this league, but um, it's a team game, and um, you can't really put that blame on one person. Yeah, that that's the di- I think that's the diplomatic answer, Andy. It's very PC. Right. That's all I can think about the whole time. So, Daryl, you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about OBJ because he talked about OBJ, and you got to hear what he had to say, right, Daryl? I mean, this is must listen to stuff. Yeah, but we're, we're gonna you're going to be able to hear JJ three say a lot without saying a lot. And I think that that's important. All right. What did he say? You'll find out next right here on it's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to subscribe to the podcast, what did he say? Hmm. Next. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Always a pleasure to be talking to you and getting you through this week. And we're excited because the Browns had their first game of the season. They are at Carolina, and uh, Daryl and I will be all over it, whether it's his reports at uh, 92.3 The Fan and 923thefan.com or whether you're listening to Baskin and Phelps throughout the week from 10 to 2. Daryl, JJ3. Man, he had some things to say. I'm going to let you walk us down the road of, of what he had to say about Baker Mayfield and where we are. John Johnson III, of course, we're talking about the free safety for the Browns. And and just kind of walk us through this press conference because I want to hear what he had to say and then I want to react because it, it sounds um, interesting. Yeah, well, you know, these are questions that we asked. So one of the questions that was asked was, are there any hard feelings toward Baker Mayfield with everything that's, that's gone on and, and his departure from the team. Here is his response to any hard feelings with Mayfield. I don't think so. I mean, we had a couple months to, you know, kind of get rid of those feelings and stuff like that. You know, we've been out here, we had OTAs without him and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think now we're at a point where we're locked in with like layers of focus on being Carolina. I want to replay that first thing he said. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. I mean, we had a couple months to, you know, kind of, get rid of those feelings and stuff like that. We had a couple of months to get rid of those feelings and stuff like that. Again, saying a lot without actually saying a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. I, I, and obviously there were issues there because he would not have said that. Right. I mean, we can all sit around and try to kick it around and try to figure out what went wrong. And, but you normally don't hear anyone bring it back up. And, you know, it, while I do believe they've turned the page and I think Kevin has worked hard to try to get these guys to turn the page. Um, it took a while, as he said. Yeah. And I think everything started to fall apart. Not so much with the shoulder injury week two. But it, it fell apart with Odell Beckham Jr. 
maybe for like a split second. But like I said, we get back to our roots, understand it's a business. Um, you always want to see your your guys that you grinded out with go and, and shine and, and be happy. So, and that's, I think that was the biggest thing for me personally. Um, but it, maybe for a split second, you have those feelings, but you got to understand that this is just the law of the, 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 the game we play. Yeah, you know, um, and so JJ3 was also asked, did players within the locker room take sides? And I'll let you hear what he had to say before gi giving you my thoughts on that. But again, without saying a lot, he does say a lot. I wouldn't say we took sides. Like I said, I, we just wanted to see our guys happy, you know, either side. I mean, at, at a point, Baker decided he didn't want to be here anymore or X, Y, and Z. He, he put stuff out there. So, I mean, hey, you got to, you know, it's it's a team game, but there's an individual, you know, aspect to it. And um, unfortunately, you know, guys come and go, so we just had to deal with it. Well, he admitted it. He admitted there were two sides to it. I mean, he said it. it. Yeah. Looking back, it's plain as day, right? Right. I, go I, I just to, I, I go I, back to the playoffs, right? Because I look at the uh, Odell situation, and not not to rehash that whole thing. I right. look at it as Odell quit on the Cleveland Browns. He was so frustrated and angry with Baker and not getting the ball and disrespected by him that he just said, "The hell with this. Get me out of here." His dad posts the video. And that that's the end, right? He gets he gets his wish, he gets his release, his buyout, etc. Well, Odell was like the most beloved player within the locker room. He was the Jacoby Brissett of that team last year, um, and that's where I'll admit my read, my take on that situation was completely off, um, because uh, you know there if you go back like to the play. A guy that quit on your team and said, get me the hell out of here, essentially, right? Used his dad right. to do that. And you've got all his former teammates patting him on the back on social media. Go get him, OBJ. Happy for you, brother. Keep, you know. Meanwhile, Baker undergoes surgery, and there's not a single tweet about it. There's no, hey, you know, get better soon, six, or anything like that. But each and every week that Odell advanced in the playoffs, all the way uh, through the Super Bowl, you just had all this praise coming from his former teammates. And again, Odell quit on them. He he did. He said, I'm done with this nonsense. I'm done. He was, though, Daryl. I mean, I think back to that Pittsburgh game. He was wide open and the Steelers didn't even need to cover him. And I think the Steelers quit covering him. because right. They knew the Browns weren't going to throw him the ball. Well, yeah, Baker wasn't going to throw him the ball. And yeah. so... Um, and, and the microcosm of that Baker-Odell relationship was the Minnesota Vikings game where Odell goes out and up the sideline. And what does Baker do? He throws the ball inside, and, it's an, and instead of it being a big game-changing touchdown, it's an incompletion, and everyone's like, what the hell just happened type thing. So I, I, I think that fissure and the fact that the Browns basically had no choice but to move on from from Odell and get him out of there, I, look, I, I think that that was a bad taste in a lot of guys' mouth uh, within that locker room. And again, without saying it, I think JJ three said that. Now, here's a to me the straw that. Hang on, before you play this last cut, I just want to. I think the fact that the Browns let Odell go so easy is also telling yes i think that's a big big hint to what was going on 
because they had to make a choice. It seemed like they had to make a choice between him and Baker. Him like, and Baker, we, and they we, had to go with their quarterback. franchise quarterback on track, or do we keep force feeding this relationship? And they just said, "Hey, let's get let's get rid of Odell, get him out of here because it's not working with Baker." And see that to me is a poor reflection on Baker because they surrounded him with two of the top receivers in the NFL, right? In Jarvis Landry and, and Baker did nothing with that. And so the straw that broke the camel's back, I think was Baker not playing in that season finale. Remember after the Pittsburgh, the game in Pittsburgh, he was sacked nine times. And if you go back and you look, six of those sacks were Baker's fault, no matter how much he wanted to sit up there after the game and bitch and moan about Kevin Stefanski's game plan and not enough help to the rookie tackle or whatever. Bottom line is there were dudes wide open on that field and he was seeing ghosts. The injury was affecting him. He wasn't seeing and reading the field correctly. So he took his frustrations out on Kevin Stefanski. And then he basically said, bleep this. First, it was bleep OBJ. Then it became bleep the Browns for the season finale. And I think that rubbed the organization and his teammates the wrong way and ultimately was the final nail in his coffin and cemented the Browns' decision to move on from him and find another starting quarterback. And here's pay attention to what JJ3 says when he was asked today about Baker skipping out on that season finale. I want to say personally, I know um, I had like a little injury. Um, I missed the previous two games, but I wanted to make sure I came back, you know, just to play with my guys and stuff like that. So, I mean, it goes both ways. It's just the character. I mean, maybe he was hurt. We don't know. I mean, maybe he really couldn't play. So, uh, I think it's just something we don't know. Honestly. Yeah, see, I had a little injury. It was important for me to get back out there and play with my guys, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, well, but we don't know if he was really hurt. So, we can't say – you see what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely, absolutely. He, he that, that right there is a master class – in how to throw shade at somebody without actually throwing the shade. That Okay? Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that JJ3 th threw shade. My interpretation of his comments are he was throwing shade. Okay? I want to be very clear about that. But that is a master class in how you do it diplomatically. You He didn't call him out. He didn't, you know, uh, throw him under the bus. He didn't rip him. And none of that. He just said, you know, hey, th this is how I read the situation. We don't know what was really going on behind the scenes. Uh, there may have been some other factors, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, when, when he says, you know, I, I missed the two previous games, but I, it was important for me to get back out there for the season finale and play with my guys. And so, well, maybe Baker was hurt. Maybe he wasn't hurt. We'll never know. I'm just glad that season's over, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do next. And so Baker speaks what tomorrow, Wednesday, Wednesday, on Wednesday. That's okay. That's, I'm off on my days here because of the holiday. So Jacoby and Baker, and then we'll probably hear from Miles on Friday, right? Miles normally speaks Friday on Friday. Is typically Miles Day, yes. So it'll be really interesting to hear what Miles has to say. Yeah, and and, and like I said, I I'm not ex. <laughs> I'm not expecting a lot of salacious sound bites this week, Andy. Um, 
but there is a lot, and we've already unpacked a lot in this podcast, but there's just so much that happened last year and why things went as bad as they did. And I think JJ3 is right. It's not just one singular person to blame for this. It was a collective effort, the, the, you know, the failure last year. But let's be honest about it. Baker's, this, Baker's at the center of it. He's not here anymore. There's a reason the organization moved on. There's a reason the organization went the direction that they did, right? right. I mean, look, the San Francisco 49ers basically said Jimmy G is not in our plans to the point of where he's not even practicing with our team in training camp. And what happens? They restructure his contract and they bring and him back to be, their, to, to be their number two quarterback, right? Correct. It was it was so bad with Baker and how Baker reacted to things too that the Browns weren't even willing to do that, right? And uh I, I really believe that when Baker did the piece out in April, like that was the whatever we have to do to get Deshaun uh Watson to be a Cleveland Brown, frankly, we just need to do it or else we're gonna have um, you know, a problem with quarterback. Like it, it cemented their need organizationally to turn the page and move on as quickly. But as the, the nail was him not meeting with Jimmy after Deshaun said no first, right? That was the absolute nail. No, I think the nail was already in, in the final nail was already in at the end of the season. I, so I why, why do you think Jimmy wanted to meet with him after Deshaun said no? To, to see if they could smooth things over the same again, same. It goes right back to what I just said about the Jimmy G situation. Jimmy G was done in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Final nail was in that coffin too, but someone got a crowbar pop, <laughs> popped a few, they got together and, and they were able to patch things up. And clearly Jimmy Haslam was willing to be the bigger person and uh, make himself available to, for discussion with the Mayfield camp. And they just, they wanted no part of it. They had already said their goodbyes. They had already checked out of this thing. And that, Again, like I think that Baker made the decision very easy on the Cleveland Browns. He made the decision for them. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. It was not a hard decision for them to make. And again, like I'm not trashing Baker, but the the situation was what it was. He forced his way out, especially with the other stuff. I mean, it was right. He he, has you know, by not going that last game. I get it. I get it all. Yeah, he he talked last week about uh, you know, them making the decision to move on and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, but Baker, you did nothing to make the decision harder on them. You know what I mean? You did. And he could have had a chance to, to play the first 11 games of this year and would have been, you know, he could have really said, Hey, well now we can get Baker Mayfield on the Browns. Maybe could have got a decent, a better draft pick or got some, I, I don't know. It played out the way it is. And this is what we're going to see week one. That's really where we are. So Darryl it's final- it be a fun week. Yeah. It should be yeah. a fun week in Berea. I mean, uh, you know, I'll, uh, have it covered and, and whatnot. And uh, as we go through the podcast this week, we'll, we're here f- from the guys, the, 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 I call it the best of the best from the locker room. Right. Um, and it, it, I don't, I don't expect a lot. I, I think we're going to hear a lot of similar to what we heard from Kevin Stefanski on Monday, similar to what we heard from JJ three on Monday. We're going to hear some honesty. Cause I think that those comments from JJ three were honest, but again, he really did give a master class in throwing some shade without actually throwing the shade. 
Well said, my set, my friend. Well said. All right, we'll do this again later in the week on Thursday. That's our next podcast, right? Thursdays or drops drops Thursday morning, right? All right, that'll be the next one. As we get set for the Carolina Panthers, it's always game day in Cleveland. Uh, produced by the great Meredith Kane. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, all you need to do is subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you being on board, especially on the odyssey.com app, if that's how you found us or any other place where you find your podcast. And again, we invite you to be a part of the show. All you need to do is drop us a line on our Instagram or Twitter accounts at GameDayCLE. For Daryl Ryder, I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland.